0: Today we check in with Charlie's Gone Fishing Guide Service, Charlie Warth over in the Deer River Grand Rapids area. So where has Charlie gone fishing? We're about to find out. Plus... It's Lake of the Weekday. I
1: got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me and when I'm
0: fishing for in country. Hey, it's Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. I'm Kev Jackson. Well, it's the first time this year we've had a chance to check in with Charlie Warth over at uh, Charlie's Gone Fishing Guide Service, part of the Minnesota Fishing Pros, mnfishingpros.com. Hey, Charlie, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for taking the time today.
1: Yeah, no problem. It's always my pleasure. Good to hear from you again.
0: Well, uh, we started out with some really nasty weather uh to start the fishing season. It's certainly gotten better we had uh, we've had beautiful weather this past weekend. Uh, you've probably been out there through all kinds of weather conditions overall. how have things gone for you so far this year?
1: Well, it's kind of started off uh, a little cold right away. The water temperatures in the beginning of the season was in the fifties and uh, uh and that's uh, a little chilly as the mid fifties even and then it started to warm up and we started to get. Get back to usually like 59 or something like that. Usually the bite starts after that spawn, but it was down in the low fifties and we started to gain on it and then we had this big cold front that come in and, and, uh, as you know, if the, if the air temperature is warmer than the water, it draws the heat right out of that water and, and pushed her back down again and the crappies were starting to come in and spawn and then that kind of pushed the end of that here for a little bit, but it, you know, next two days in the 80s, it won't take long to warm it back up. So we're on our way to the upswing anyway.
0: Well, where have you been fishing so far this year?
1: Well, I've been fishing some of the smaller lakes around here, uh, and it's been fairly decent, uh, a lot of different varieties of fish. Uh, but overall, most of the action, and think, in bowstring has been a little slower than normal. Uh, at some people, like uh, anything else, you get... Good reports, and you get some bad reports, and just happen to be where you're at on the lake in a day. Uh, uh, winter Bagash has got a bunch of young fish coming, but they're just on the small side yet. Uh, next year or this fall, they should. You know, they don't grow during the winter, so uh, they're right around ten to eleven and a half inches right now, but they grow a couple inches this fall, by the summer, this fall it might be really good. They seem to be catching quite a few of the smaller ones along with a lot of slot fish and actually a few of them over the slots. But uh, the uh, best bite that I've got is we, if we go up to Red Lake, that's been as hot as it gets. And if anybody's been up there, I'm sure you know that. Also, you'll see from the traffic that's up there, It's uh, <laughs> it's a
2: a lot
1: of traffic so
0: yeah you were mentioning to me you were out there yesterday and here we are on a tuesday and uh and it was in the you know the parking lot was packed
1: yeah it was literally i mean the ballpark everything it was full for tuesday it was almost like you know i wasn't expecting that so but uh that's been the hot bite and it's uh and the slots uh dropped off a little bit from last year it's set one above 17 and so, you got to kind of work for them a little more, which is all right, and uh, you get the right fish to keep and and there's a whole variety of fish up there from all different sizes, so it's been a you know it's it's been a really uh, good, consistent bite up there
0: what uh are they biting on? I mean a lot of people do a lot of different things in red lake, they all seem to work, but what are you finding?
1: Well, I see some guys, they like to troll crankbaits. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of that. I'd, I'd just rather try to jig them and catch and feel the bite myself, rather than, well, you feel the bite, but I just, I just like my own personal fishing for them. It seems like you're fishing a little more with them, with a jig. And then all that's still working. Uh, spinners are starting to step in. The water temperature was up in the 60s some yesterday, so you're... Uh, You can use a spinner. I did try them one day and we did catch a few fish because they seem to be more scattered. Uh, But there's still a lot of fish in the rocks and and they're located in smaller pockets so you can still jig them uh, without much problem. Uh, uh, So again, but if you like spinning and if you like uh, crankbaits, uh, they are, all three presentations are working rather well.
0: One thing about Red Lake is, uh, you know, um, that wind. That wind can make it really difficult. So right now, these last couple of days, would be a good time to be up there if you have the flexibility to go up there because wind is not going to be a factor.
1: Right, and that, that wind is a huge factor up there. Uh, the, the thing that I've been burned on a couple of times, even though it may be windy one day and you don't go and you go up well next day, it's calm. But if you've got a big, strong wind and that lake's only 14 foot deep, it riles it up really bad. And and the following day after a wind, you can go up there and all of a sudden you won't get a bite because basically the water's so riled up up, that it's uh, full of silt and stuff and the fish cannot see your bait. So it takes a day for that water to calm down and settle down. So that's the only thing you that you gotta kinda of keep an eye on up in Red Lake even though it's a calm, but if it's been really windy the day before, you might be a little cautious about going up there.
0: Okay. You know, uh, mentioning Winnie, um you kinda talked about some of the things I've just been hearing, you know, on Winnie the last few years. Action is not the issue, it's finding those fish you can actually keep.
1: Right that's that's still the, still an issue today it will hopefully next year or this fall when those smaller fish you know get within you know 14 inches there that uh, there's a you know supposedly it's a huge year class and when they arrive and they get to 14 inches it should be a go-to lake again uh, if you want to keep fish you can go there now and, and you'll catch a lot of fish again but don't uh, don't have your heart set on a lot of keepers right you know unless maybe you can luck out or something and find some but that at 14 to 17 and three quarters uh ranges are few and far in between what i've seen
0: you know there's some zebra mussels in there and i know that it seems to have affected the lake to some degree as far as water clarity goes are you seeing more of that or is it uh, kind of leveled out or what's going on i think
1: it's i don't uh, yeah i'm not a I, you know, like Cass Lake, just above, and the water runs into. And Cass Lake's a real clear lake, and I am, you know, they have no trouble catching those twenty-some-inch walleyes out there. So I don't think that's actually an issue. It's it's just that certain year classes that weren't didn't show up are missing, and when they're missing, it's pretty hard to catch something that's not there. <laughs> so it's. You know, that's more of an issue, I think, than anything to do with water clarity. Because if you fish casts, that's pretty clear, and you just fish deeper. I mean, if you, you're used to fishing in ten, twelve feet, you might have to fish sixteen feet. You know, and uh, that sun finally won't penetrate only so far. And regardless of how clear the water is, I fished uh, the lake right next to where I live Deer Lake, and and that's like an aquarium. I mean, you could see a crab walking on the bottom in twenty feet down there, and. Uh, but it's more of a night lake, but you still can go there during the day, and but you got to fish 30, 35 feet, and, and and you can catch fish. So I just think people just, you know, don't get that in your head that because it's clear that, you know, you don't want to fish it or not. You just have to just go deeper. The fish move deeper, and, and but they're not on their normal haunts. You might have caught them two years ago, but you just have to re-look, and you'll find them that they're there.
0: to come, our Lake of the Week. But up next, more with Charlie Warath. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. My guest today, Charlie Warath of Charlie's Gone Fishing Guide Service and mnfishingpros.com. Anything else going on in the other lakes in the Deer River, Grand Rapids area that you're aware of?
1: Uh, nothing hot or heavy. I mean, everybody's catching fish. And, uh, again, like I said, that crappie action should start back up soon as that water. They usually spawn right around 65 degrees. So we're, we're getting close to that again. It's probably the smaller lakes. are probably back up to that here in another day or so. This, you know, the water, weather weather gets up in the 80s there. It won't take long. And then you can get those crappies in our spawning areas and stuff like that. Uh, it just pushed them off here a little bit, and but they should be coming back. Uh, Walleys and stuff, it, you know, they're they're catching them. They're just not uh, like a really somebody would say a real hot bite. You can go out and work for them, and you, you know, I think in all the area lakes right now, it's just a great time of year. It's uh, the food sources are not, you know, the insect larvae and other things like that haven't really developed yet. They're starting to come, but. Uh, so they don't have a lot to eat and they're very hungry at this time of year once their metabolism kicks up and that water's in that sixties. So they're hungry, they'll be chewing. Uh, so I'm thinking everything will pick up cause just male well, half. The reason was, I think because we started out with such cold water temperatures to begin with and, and we just need to, and the fishing season started on the ninth, like next year it opens on the 15th. So that's a huge difference That's six days. So, uh, you makes you know the water temperature and it has time to warm and stuff during that time period, and you know, and so a lot of people fish memories. And while well, I was here on opener, well, the opener was the fifteenth, it worked well. Well, this is the ninth now, it doesn't work as well. And so you got to keep uh, in mind all the other little factors that involved in it, like the water temperature, which is huge. So.
0: And from your uh, perspective, it was, a, it was a weird start to the season as you were not able to do any guiding for a couple of weeks. And, of course, uh, you, you know, we were mentioning you're not alone in this regard. I talk to, gu- you know, guides all the time, a lot of cancellations. So you you probably have some time available if somebody in the area wants to use your guide service.
1: Yes, uh, there have been uh, more than enough cancellations and stuff. So... Everybody uh, that I know of had cancellations, so there's a lot of free times. If anybody's interested, uh, feel free to give me a call. My cell phone is 218-244-5756.
0: I think it's a a good option for people, I think, that, you know, I mean, even if you live in this area, you fish this area a lot, uh you can always learn something, and uh, you know something that maybe you never thought of before when you when you go out with somebody different or a guide or somebody who's you know out there every day. So, it's I think even if you're in your home area, it's worth going out there with a guide every now and then.
1: Yeah, I've fished with a lot of locals and stuff like that, and it's a lot of them just they like the idea they can just sit back and, uh, and there's not running that motor, watching a depth finder, and I mean you got somebody you got confidence in the guy that's running that motor, you can sit up in the front and just enjoy the day. Uh, fishing and not having to worry about where you're at or the speed you're going and and uh, what's next and all that and just leave it up to him and and just sit back and enjoy the day of fishing.
0: All right, you still have your uh, your um, fish seasoning?
1: I do. Yes, we do. It's still on sale. Like a uh, in your area, and LNM Fleet Supply stores have them. So uh, and. Uh, uh, which all through this whole area, so and then plus a lot of local uh, bait shops and grocery stores and stuff in this area. Okay, uh, carry it. So
0: and and I've used it and I recommend it. It's uh, it it works very well and it tastes really good. So an endorsement for me.
1: Oh, uh, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. All the help we can get. So,
0: all right, Charlie. Let's give them your phone number one more time if people want to use your services. Yeah, it's two one eight. Charlie Warath of Charlie's Gone Fish Fish and Guide Service uh, part of the mnfishingpros.com group, you can check out more details there as well Charlie, thanks for taking the time today, great to talk to you
1: You bet, same here Thanks Kevin
0: Up next, our Lake of the Week, it's a ways away from here We're checking in with Nate Olson from the Detroit Lakes Area Fisheries Office next This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle, celebrating our 30th year. Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Holy cow! It's Fish and Paul Bunyan Country's Lake of the Week we are headed a little ways away from Bemidji, no doubt, as we go check out uh, South and North Twin Lakes in Monoman. So we are uh, checking in with Nathan Olson from the uh, Detroit Lakes Area Fisheries Office. And hey, it's been a couple of years, but great to have you back, Nate.
2: Yeah, it's been a while, but uh, finally I got back on your radar for <laughs> Lake of the Week.
0: <laughs> well, this one's a little ways of the way. It's uh, North and South Twin, and as you noted before we went uh, uh, on the air, we're talking South Twin today, but you noted that those two lakes are basically across the road from each other. So w- when we uh, talk about uh, where South Twin is, it's also where North Twin is, which will be a Lake of the Week later in the season. Um, so basically, where are we going to find these lakes?
2: Uh, basically, you're kind of, uh, um, I guess, the biggest town is probably White Earth, um, or Wabin, if people know where Wabin is. Mm-hmm. Or if you know where Itasca State Park is, then you're just traveling uh, west from Itasca State Park, um, probably about uh, ten miles or so.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, not that far from us, certainly.
2: No, it's not. It's not too bad, not at all. Uh,
0: a couple of uh, pretty cool little lakes. Uh, let's talk South Twin today. Uh, you know, it's not the it's not a huge lake, but it's over a thousand acres, and it is loaded with the types of fish we like to catch.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is. Uh, I guess it's kind of one of those typical bass, panfish uh, type water bodies. Um, there are walleyes there, um, but probably not. Uh, I mean, not one of the primary species that most people are going for there.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about it. The crappies, bluegills, uh, good numbers of those, decent sizes. What are we looking at?
2: Yeah, so I mean, the, the we did see a record number of black crappies during our last survey there. Um, but unfortunately, it's just a couple of good year classes that are just starting. So they're only about two to three years old. So um, don't be surprised. If, if you do go out there looking for crappies, you might find some smaller fish. But that means there's going to be hopefully bigger fish in the future. Um, we did see fish over 11 inches, though. So um, there are bigger crappies out there for sure for people to try to find as well.
0: Okay. What about the bluegills?
2: Bluegills are down a little bit uh, from the past few years. Um I would probably say that north twin probably has uh, better bluegills but uh, south twin uh, did have some decent numbers of seven to eight and a half inch bluegills for people to to, uh, take advantage of as well so um, and I'm sure you know sometimes depending on our our survey sometimes bluegills like the bigger ones might be suspended or something like that but uh, so there's I wouldn't be surprised if people run into some bigger fish than than what we found but they're you know, an eight-and-a-half-inch bluegill is still a pretty decent-sized fish. So,
0: I, I would take it. No problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what about the bass numbers? We get good bass in there?
2: Yeah, I mean, we did, uh, you know, we're trying to get, you know, for largemouth bass, um, they just don't do really good with our regular gill nets and trap nets, and so your best method is to try to get out and do some electrofishing at night. And electrofishing is exactly what it sounds like. We're out there... Um, jock in the water with electricity um at night and and that's a really the best way to to evaluate the the bass populations and we were able to get out there last uh last summer and do that and and the bass are, are pretty abundant um and we've seen some pretty big fish there's fish over 20 inches that we saw
0: wow.
2: uh, while we were sampling you know so definitely that's something that people can can take advantage of while they're out there
0: appears to be a lot of northern pike in that lake
2: yeah so um we saw record numbers, you know, similar to kind of like the black crappies. We saw uh, a record abundance in the northern pike on uh, North Twin. We saw a lot of fish that were less than 21 inches, you know. So um, if people are looking at, you know, trying to take advantage of those, our new northern pike regulations, uh, there's a lot of fish that are underneath that 22-inch uh, uh, to 26-inch protected slot, you know, that people could take uh, advantage of. Um, and then, you know, we did see some bigger pike. You know, we did see some fish over 33 inches. And, uh, you know, so there are some some big fish that people might run into uh, while they're out there fishing. But don't be surprised if you're out there that you see a lot of those fish that are kind of less than 21.
0: So I'm looking at the survey from 2014. That's what's still available on the website. And walleyes in South Twin were sitting at uh, eight per net, uh, But we're not doing as well right now?
2: Well, so the you know we have been it's it's still about around that oh, okay. around that that range you know um I think this last time we had about uh seven uh per net so uh but unfortunately, it's not exactly what we're hoping to see because we've been we've actually been stocking and I think annually trying to get the numbers uh, a little bit higher, and it just hasn't happened you know, and in addition to what we've been putting in um the, we've had some private stockings from the and Wildlife Club okay. that, uh, that they've also been doing some, some some stocking as well. And for some reason, well, I'm sure it has a lot to do with the northern pike abundance. You know, the abundance of northern pike that we see in there just really make it difficult for uh, walleyes to survive. And, um, and so we'll have to keep watching that, Kevin. You know, we'll have to see how those stockings work uh, in future years. But right now, it doesn't seem like it's doing much to kind of increase that that walleye population. Not to say that people can't find fish out there. I mean, still, you know, like a six to eight walleyes per gillnet is still a decent number. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be that you might have to fish through a bunch of northern pike to try to try to find some nice nice walleyes.
0: Okay, um, give me some of the characteristics of that lake from a. a, a, a... Oh, the atmosphere out there. Is this a developed lake? Is it kind of an out of the way place? What are we looking at?
2: Um is it's, it's kind of a little bit of both. So um there is a public access um you know that exists out there. Actually a pretty nice public access on the, the west side of the lake. Um Pinehurst Resort is it kinda has um is in between both lakes, both South and North Twin. Um so you kinda of have uh developed parts of the lake and then some uh some sort of tribal ownership type stuff that's going on that, that leaves some other areas undeveloped. Um it's a really shallow lake. Um so you really probably have to have the ability to fish through vegetation, you know, when you're when you're fishing for walleyes or, or other other species, you know. So this isn't gonna be uh one of those lakes where you can go and, and, and work like some rock humps or anything like that. A lot of what you're doing is going to be kind of working weed lines uh to try to find the fish okay um
0: but yeah again you you're you're on a lake with uh, a lot of fish that typically bite aggressively um northerns bass uh, panfish, so it's a good good lake with some action I'm guessing
2: yeah i mean i you know I think if you were to go out there and and uh you know, throw a spinner on with some night crawlers or something like that and troll the weed edge, you're going to run into all sorts of stuff, bass, bluegills, um, crappies. And, you know, that's one of my most, that's one of the best ways that I've catch walleyes in this area, you know, is to run weed edges with, with spinners, you know. So um, kind of an easy thing to do for people that, you know, just aren't really great at jigging or, um, you know, can't sit and watch a bobber or something like that, you know. So it's uh, definitely something that, uh, you could run into fish no matter what you're doing.
0: Is there a lot of pressure on that lake?
2: There can be. Um, you know, it is. It's with a the resort there. Um, there's, a, You know, it can be a lot of people that are just out resorting. Um, I've heard it's got some some decent uh, recreational traffic on it at times. Uh, in the winter time, we've had uh, um, a pretty big tournament for panfish, the North American Ice Fishing Challenge has been there a couple of years. Um, this last year they took a year off. So people might find, you know, one tournament that happens and, and a couple derbies every once in a while. Um, but there is a possibility to run into a little bit of traffic while you're out there.
0: Yeah. You said a fairly uh, shallow lake. Um, I'm lo- I'm looking here. Are there inlets and outlets on this lake?
2: Um, yeah, there's um, basically it, it kind of outlets to the, to the north to north twin. Okay. Um, Otherwise that's you know, it's kind of uh a little bit landlocked, you know, uh for the most part. Uh one thing to note is zebra mussels were found in South Twin
0: mm-hmm. this
2: last okay. year. Um and they were also found in North Twin this this last fall. So both lakes now have have zebra mussels. Um so people are gonna wanna, you know, maintain that awareness for clean drain and dry their equipment, you know, before they're they're going to other lakes.
0: I guess maybe it's a it's a big enough lake, but I was just wondering, you know, being shallow and seemingly landlocked by and large, uh, it might be prone to um, winterkill, but not but not that lake.
2: No, we haven't seen any real major winter kill. Believe it or not, it does have. Uh, we do catch uh, one or two Cisco when we're um, when we're doing our surveys, huh? um, and it surprises us at times too, you know. But they do; they are still kind of holding on in that in that lake. Uh, South Twin is a we call it a slice lake. Uh, slice stands for sustaining lakes in a changing environment. Um, it's a very long-term project, Kevin, um, where people are uh, in the DNR. There's there's additional uh, field work and data collection that's going on just to see if we can follow uh, how the lake changes over the long term due to climate change or development um, or other issues that may happen that we don't even know. You know. Um, and so there's, um, we do have a temperature logger that we've had in there for many years, logging the temperature consistently. Um, and we've also been doing some uh, vegetation surveys and things like that. And all of that information will be used to compare, you know, it might be 20 years down the road to see what, how is this lake changing. Is it changing or is it not? Um, and then that will all be linked back to the fish populations too. So besides just our normal standard surveys that are going on out there, there is uh, some other projects that are happening on South twin as well. That probably be interesting for people to know.
0: Okay. Very cool. Uh, AIS. So you mentioned, uh, outside of that, anything you're real concerned about immediately on the lake?
2: No. Um, it is important to note that zebra, you know, that is kind of a, that's a new hotspot in that area. You know, zebra mussels never were, you know, they've been, you know, down here by Detroit lakes and stuff, but nothing really up in that neck of the woods. um, And so that's definitely something we're going to have to continue to watch.
0: All right. It's South Twin, South Twin of Benoeman County, uh, over in the Waban area. It is our Lake of the Week. Nate Olson from the Detroit Lakes Area Fisheries Office with all the details. Nate, as always, thanks for taking the time today. We really appreciate it.
2: No problem. Look for specially marked packaging and visit MTNDueGaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free twenty twenty three.